She goes, she continues more, about 10 more minutes there. And then she, she interp interprets her tongues and prophesies for like 10 straight minutes. And it's just, it's really, really awesome. Very, very holy. Whenever I listen to it, I kind of revisit my experience. You know, spiritual experiences, you, you, you continue, you can continue to, I guess, go back there. I heard some, I heard a man preaching once and said that, that, you know, I know the way back, I can go back. Well, I don't know if you can go back on your own. You know, I always teach. You have to be invited. You know, um, you just don't. But I know you can. I know people do it. <laughs> but it's not, you're not supposed to do that. You, you, you know, pushing and finding your way in to the spirit realm gets you in big trouble. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> kind of lost four words a little bit because I kind of went back there. And I really think it would. Was the Holy of Holies. But, you know, visually, there was no, there was no visually at all. It was like all this kind of shut off completely. And the spirit was alive. It's one of those mysteries that we'll find out about. <laughs> you know, why God had so much detail um, in Exodus and Leviticus with the the feast and the tabernacle and the outer court and the inner court. The outer court and the most holy place and the holy of holies. And three parts, we're three part. And the Trinity is three part. And then you go into the book of Revelations, we talk about the sevens. Um, it's just all a mystery. So we, we become one in God, and that's what I call that experience for me, is being one in Him. And spiritually, moves you into different, a different dimension. And uh, my understanding of dimensions is there's, each dimension, there's seven levels. And so we assume there's seven dimensions, but and those seven dimensions are in, in just one area. You talk about grace, okay? So there's seven dimensions of grace, and then in, in dimensions there's a seven other seven levels, and who's to say what's what follows? A lot of this is just for our little peon brains to try <laughs> to wrap around and understand the dynamics of, of creation and where we came from and where we're going. So we become one with, uh, with God through intimacy. Intimacy, uh, the way to intimacy with God, the vehicle, is prayer. And prayer is basically communion, communing or fellowshipping or talking and having a conversation with God. And you can just fluently sit and have conversation and dialogue with God. When he's ready to talk, you just really listen. And then have your pen and paper ready. <laughs> So the, the Greek word for communion is koinia. 
which also means partnership. Koinia means partnership, it means participation. So it takes two, it's a partnership. It also means intercourse and fellowship. We must press our ears to the lips of God in order to hear his voice and to embrace his presence in order to know him intimately. So it's, it's, got, it's an act of will, determination uh, to know God in that manner. We must steward our level of intimacy with him. True intimacy is to guard our eyes and our ear gates and our surroundings that we strive to let nothing evil come in our, through our ears and our eyes. Um, you know, just like we were talking about God and his presence and you can feel him and, you know, because he is tangible, he, you know, he is a person, his presence is tangible, it's a substance you can, you can see, just like faith, faith is a substance. So you, everything is real. And so when you watch things that are not holy, that are ungodly, that are violent, or grueling looking, it can affect your spirit and who you, you know, your walk with, with God. And it can grieve your spirit. If it grieves your spirit, imagine what it does to the Holy Spirit. So we watch what we listen to, we watch what we look at, we watch what we hear. We say no, no pornography, no horror movies, no negative talk, no negative self-talk. Nobody around you negative. Don't just don't let them in your atmosphere. Don't let them in your person, in your presence. So we're responsible for that. We have to take authority. Intimacy is about character development. Consecration is when you are naked before God and where he changes you into his image and likeness and gets rid of stuff passed down from generations and generations and living a life of immorality because at one time we were living in ways that were unholy, not realizing what damage we could have been doing for ourselves. That's gonna be a process to get us cleaned up. God cleans us up from the inside out. So if someone was to ask you, what is your level of intimacy? What is your level of intimacy on a, on a level or a scale of one to 10 or one to five? Be able to answer that question honestly, so you know how to move forward and, and challenging yourself to grow even more intimately with, with God. Develop this type of intimacy and relationship with the Lord. It takes nurturing and ongoing fellowship and ongoing communication with him. And so then we go back to your outline and we'll cover real quickly the results of intimacy. Transformation was one of them. We talked a little bit about it already. We changed uh, in form and appearance and nature and character. It's the place where you give yourself to him. You die to your will and take on his will, his will for your life. Impartation. We, God imparts his image into us, his likeness. He deposits power anointing, not all at once, a little bit at a time, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, as he learns to trust you, as you learn to grow in it and steward over it. 1 Corinthians 13, 
verse 12. I don't have that one there, but I left a little room for you guys to write notes. It, it reads, for now, we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim, blurred reflection. This is the Amplified version. Dim, blurred reflection of reality as in a riddle. But then, when perfection comes, we shall see in reality, and we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, or imperfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. That's being transformed into his likeness. Empowerment. God releases power unto you. Power to be successful. Power to walk on demons and serpents. <laughs> power to be successful in your life and relationships. We talked uh, during the workshop that Apostle Maldonado, he, he said, uh, power without relationship is, anybody remember that, what that was? Power without relationship is professionalism, is what he called it. So we got a lot of professional ministers out there, people that have the anointing, but they're not using it to glorify God. They're using to advance their ministries. Love is another thing that we receive from God. From fellowship and intimacy with him. We receive his love and impartation of his love. The place where you know God. The word know means experience God. The more we know him, the more we will love him. So the word know in Hebrew means to have an intimate, experiential, life-changing knowledge of God. It is this kind of knowledge that we read about in Genesis when God told us that Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bore a son. Genesis 4 verse 1. Knowing resulted in the conception of a baby producing life. Real knowledge is not Head knowledge. It is intimate, gut level, life changing, life producing, experience or experiential knowledge that changes your life forever. What's that cliche? You'll never be the same. <laughs> People use that a lot. So also, during intimacy with God in a relationship and communion, it's really basically communion is what we're talking about, the results of that. Uh, the next one is conception. Conception occurs. When thoughts come to you that you do not normally think of, those are from God. Especially if they're good thoughts. <laughs> or they're words that you never really heard about or you don't use. It's like... Okay, God, I do not know the meaning of that word. I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> but he'll give you these words to come, and it's like, duh. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not you. It's God. <laughs> when there are thoughts that have a thread to them, it seems to be like a flow. 
nice flow. I get kind of stopped though, because I don't know if I start asking questions before the flow goes, but it may not be me. It might be God stopping because he knows it's going to take me a minute to receive what he's saying and get it written and then conceptualize it and then put it on paper. You know, each of us are different in how he communicates with us. We have our own language. There's a God language that he, he has for each of us when he communicates with us. So this is where conception occurs. And this is where, you know, the word of God is actually life. And so it's like it's, it's creating something. It's conception. The next thing that occurs during uh, communion and intimacy is vision. A word of God given during intimacy is vision. He imparts that word into you and you become impregnated with it. First, I thought that experience I had, the Holy of Holies, was me birthing something. You know, because you know, you're going to be pregnant with something and birth it out. But no, you know, I've done that too. It is different. Has anybody ever birthed, birthed something? From your spirit man, I mean your spirit man, you will, because you're receiving this. <laughs> so these things start happening to you. I travailed. <laughs> I travailed in a, mm -hmm. in a in someone else birthed. Yeah, mm -hmm. that could happen too. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like yeah, that that's very that happens especially in intercession, <laughs> especially in a meeting with intercession when you know everybody gets on to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very very powerful too. I, I, yeah. I've had some experiences with that as well, but I can't remember good ones. Um, so, vision is birth. God makes us pregnant with this purpose. He gives us his desires. Where there is no intimacy, there is no vision. People who have intimacy with God always know God's direction. He'll guide you. You may not even know how you knew his direction. Has anybody ever got, been there? <laughs> you're just doing things that you don't know how you're managing to do this. But you know you have to give God the credit because he just sets it up and everything just falls in place. He opens those doors no man can close. And then, finally, but it's not on your list, God's heart is revealed during communion. Intimacy is where true communion, fellowship, and intimacy with God is experienced. We become one with him. He wants us to know him in his ways and in his presence. We already talked about the presence of God as the person of God. You cannot be present unless you are a person. And that's why we talk about the three trying beings, each three are persons, each person. Each one has personality, but they're all three are God. And they all make up one. There is so much to know. This is why we must acknowledge him in all our ways. Seek after him so we can know him. We must spend time with him, talk to him, listen to him, share our thoughts and our fears. He has more than 365 names. And each name is a facet of his personality. Isaiah 6, chapter 6. This is Isaiah's experience in knowing God. 
coming to that point of really knowing God and who he is and his encounter. It reads, in the year that King Uzziah died, I clearly saw the Lord. He was seated on his exalted throne, towering high above me. His long flowing robe of splendor spread throughout the temple. Standing above him were the angels of flaming fire, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces in reverence. With two wings, they covered their feet. With two wings, they flew. And one called out to, the, to another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, commander of angel armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The thunderous voice of the fiery angels caused the foundations of the thresholds to tremble as the cloud of glory filled the temple. Isaiah's woe, his seventh woe. Then he stammered and said, woe is me. I'm destroyed, doomed as a sinful man, for my words are tainted, and I live among people who talk the same way. King Yahweh, commander of angel armies, my eyes have gazed upon him. Then out of the smoke, one of the angels of fire flew to me. He had in his hands a burning coal. He had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, the burning coal from the altar has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the Lord saying, Whom should I send to my people? Who will go to represent us? I spoke up and said, I will be the one. Send me. So here God's glory comes to reveal what is in your heart. Isaiah received, received his call and assignment in Isaiah chapter 6 after being exposed to God's glory. When God's glory comes, it is for a purpose, to change you, to impart his gifts, his love. And when it does, you will never be the same. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Okay. Hallelujah. Respect. We are done like right about 8 o'clock. I'm happy a long time. <laughs> Any questions, mm -hmm. comments, thoughts? What's on your mind? Mm 